Hey everybody, Ryan Lake here. Welcome to Beyond the Playbook Podcast. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for coming. The Beyond the Playbook Podcast are produced every week for your enjoyment, and show notes can be found at beyondplaybook.com. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. You can also follow me on Twitter at Beyond Playbook, and I'm also on Facebook. All the links that we're going to discuss today will be in our, available in our show notes at beyondplaybook.com. Now let's get into the show. In today's episode, we're going to be taking a look at concussions in sports and taking a dive into the NHL concussion uh, litigation. Before we get too involved in concussions, however, I'd like to take a minute and talk about what Beyond the Playbook is and what you can expect from our future podcasts and online offerings at beyondplaybook.com. Beyond the Playbook is an online resource for athletes, parents, coaches, and administrators. We examine some of the most important off-the-field issues facing athletes and sports teams today. These issues range from medical conditions such as concussions, college and NCAA eligibility rules, national governing body and such as USA Hockey, USA Soccer, USA Swimming, and Olympic regulations, and athlete and coaches' rights under the law and under those regulations. We also take a look at elite league issues such as when to choose an agent and how to choose an agent or family advisor, what questions you should ask, um, and how your actions within elite leagues can affect your eligibility at college or in other leagues around the world. We'll be doing this by, primarily by bringing you interviews from leaders in the industry, players, administrators, coaches, and many others to discuss and provide insights into these issues and how best an athlete or parent or a coach or an athletic administrator can handle them. However, at no point will we be providing you legal advice or getting too far into the legal nuances of each issue. Our goal is to focus on the big picture and help you identify when you should seek legal advice or take legal or administrative action, and hopefully avoid uh, ever reaching that point. Now I'd like to tell you a little bit about myself. I'm a sports lawyer based in Denver, Colorado, and previously I worked at the United States Olympic Committee. I've since left, left the committee and set up my own firm, the Lake Law Group, which focuses on sport-related issues. I primarily work with professional leagues, collegiate associations, national governing bodies, and professional and amateur elite athletes. I'm also an adjunct professor at St. John's University, where I teach sports law. And I'm also a regular contributor to the international sports journal, lawandsport.com. But that's enough about me. Let's talk about the topic of the day today, which is concussions. And let's start off with a brief history of concussions starting in uh, the 1990s through the 2000s, where it was pretty, it was understood that concussions caused immediate damage to your ability to think and process information, but it wasn't necessarily thought that concussions would cause a long-term lasting impact on your brain. However, in 2002, Mike Webster, a Hall of Fame football player for the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, unfortunately passed away, and at, after his death, Dr. Bennett Omayu conducted several tests trying to nail down exactly what was causing the symptoms that Mike Webster suffered from throughout his life. Mike Webster suffered from depression, alcohol and drug use, and, and other things that would be more commonly seen in someone that suffered from dementia or Alzheimer's or a very old person. Uh, Dr. Mayu even described uh, Mike Webster's brain after examining it as, as one of a, box, a boxer or a very old person with Alzheimer's disease or someone who had suffered a very severe head wound. After a thorough examina examination of Mike Webster and a few other uh, former NFL players who had unfortunately passed away and suffered similar symptoms, Dr. Amalu discovered 
what is now known as CTE, which is a disease that is caused by chronic traumatic concussive events to the brain that can cause severe damage and ultimately result in the, in the symptoms that Webster suffered from. CTE, however, can only be discovered after a postmortem or after death examination of the brain. And over the next 10 years, after Mike Webster's death in 2002, uh, several other former NFL and college football players were diagnosed with CTE, including Terry Long, Andre Waters, and Junior Seau. After the discovery of CTE and the unfortunate deaths of so many NFL and college football players, former NFL players filed a lawsuit against the NFL. This lawsuit, along with other publications that came out and highlighted the, the symptoms and the issues that these former players deal with because of concussions, highlighted the problem of concussions and brought them to the forefront in the NHL. Especially after the summer of 2011, where the NHL saw the deaths of Derek Bugard, Rick Rippon, and Leif Wade Belak in a span of four months. Bugard, Rippon, and Belak all played the role of enforcer during their NHL careers. An enforcer in hockey terms is a designated player given the responsibility and task of defending the other players on his team from cheap shots and other dirty plays. Enforcers tend to accomplish this task by playing a very physical game, specializing in the art of fighting. And not just fighting, but bare-fisted fighting. Bugard, Rippon, and Belak also shared many of the common symptoms of CTE. They were depressed, they resorted to the use of drugs and alcohol to cope with their disease. Bugard's family have filed a wrongful death lawsuit against the NHL in 2013. The Bugards alleged that the NHL is responsible for the physical trauma and brain damage that Bugard sustained during his six seasons as one of the league's top enforcers, and for the addiction to prescription painkillers that marked his final two years. The Bugard family has also filed a malpractice complaint against Dr. David Lewis, the co-founder of the NHL, NHL Players Association Substance Abuse Program, and supervising doctor for Derek during his time in the program. The Bugard's complaint alleges that the doctor failed in his medical and ethical obligations by not holding Derek to account after he failed multiple drug tests and violated the drug policy multiple times. The Bugard case was a spark that set fire to the NHL concussion lawsuit saga. In November 2013, 10 former NHL players filed actions against the NHL in the District Court of Columbia. These lawsuits allege that the NHL knew or should have known about the lasting impact of head trauma and had the duty to inform and protect the players against the dangers of concussions. In addition to the case filed in D.C., lawsuits were also filed in the U.S. District Court for the District of Minnesota and the U.S. District Court for the Southern District of New York. All these cases were eventually consolidated into one class action case, which is now being heard in Minnesota. In 2015, the NHL concussion predicament took another tragic turn when Steve Montador, a former NHL player, passed away. Montador's brain was found to have suffered widespread CTE. In January 2016, the presiding judge in, in the class action case being heard in, in Minnesota, persuaded by a public interest argument that was made by CTV, a Canadian television investigative network, granted a motion to unseal a series of NHL internal emails all discussing concussions and their impact on, the, on players and how the NHL was dealing with concussions and players that had suffered concussions. One of the emails that was unsealed showed that the NHL knew that 31 of 86 players who suffered concussions in the 2010 through 11 season returned to the game. 
13 of those 31 players who were allowed to continue playing showed signs of concussions prior to being let back in the game. Many of these emails show that the NHL knew quite a bit about concussions and that their policies and their protocols were not necessarily always followed by the, by the teams, the medical doctors, and, and league personnel. This is just one of many emails that were unsealed, and the NHL is now asking for the emails to be resealed um, because it, they have taken a severe public relations hit because of this. Because many of the emails do show that the NHL had quite a bit of knowledge about concussions and their impact on those that play the game. And it's a public interest argument that CTE and made and that the judge in Minnesota agreed with was that the NHL, being the premier league in, in not just the United States or in Canada, but in the world, has a huge impact on the sport of hockey throughout all levels of the sport, whether you're playing peewee or you're midget or you're, you're playing juniors or you're in college or you're professional. The way that the professional league handles certain issues is how all other leagues are going to model themselves and handle the issue as well. The judge felt that it was important that all the internal documents were released to help inform those other leagues and, and inform athletes and parents and sport administrators as to what the NHL knows about concussions and how much of a risk concussions are in hockey and, and the impact that concussions have on those players that suffer them. If you would like a more in-depth look at the lawsuits and reading about the motions and the arguments, um, I would suggest taking a look at an article I authored on lawandsport.com, which I'll provide a link to in our show notes page on beyondplaybook.com. The article goes into great depth and into the current proceedings and, and how we got up to this point. And if you would also like to learn a little bit more about concussions, their symptoms, how to identify them if you have one or if you're coaching a player that has one or if you're you, you're a parent and your, your, your kid might suffer a concussion, what to look for and how to avoid continuous concussion, concussive events on top of the concussion. Um, I would suggest taking a, a look at our free concussion guide, which is available at beyondplaybook.com. This guy goes into some of the high-level symptoms, when you should seek medical advice. Uh, it also provides you some um, stats on how common concussions are in your sport, and, and what to do if you, you or your kid or a kid that you're coaching or someone in your organization has suffered a concussion and how to avoid uh, multiple concussive events. As we move forward in the Beyond the Playbook podcast series, we'll be interviewing uh, medical doctors, sport administrators, coaches, and discussing with them how to identify concussions, how to avoid concussions. If you're an administrator or an organization, policies and procedures in place on how to handle and deal with concussions, if you're a coach, what your rights and obligations are under the law. Certain states have passed legislation obligating coaches to take certain steps when a concussion occurs. Otherwise, the coach will be found liable for negligence and, and possibly be subject to charges or fines, depending on your state. And we'll also be talking with players, uh, former players, professional players, uh, to get their insights on what it's like to live with concussions and post-concussion syndrome and, and all the different difficulties that come about with concussions and how to deal with those. In our next few podcasts, we'll be having discussions with a college athletic director as well as um, NHL hockey agent. Um, and we'll also be taking an in-depth look at draft procedures and, the, and how unique the draft concept is to North American sports. Um, 
and we'll take an in-depth look at the NHL draft and how that might look if the NHL expands to, the, to Europe or to another country. Um, I hope you come back and I hope you continue to follow us and please uh, feel free to reach out if you have any questions or comments that you'd like us to discuss. If there's a certain topic that you're really passionate about that you want to know more about, uh, shoot us an email, drop us a note on our webpage at Beyond Playbook or tweet at us at Beyond Playbook on Twitter. Uh, shoot us a note on Facebook and thank you for listening.